Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey guys, just a quick heads up. I did this episode in the car, so the first 30 seconds or so have a bit of a background noise, but it evens out after about then and improves. So thanks so much for understanding and hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. My name is Thomas Frank, and this is a show that helps you become a more effective student, whether that's learning how to study more effectively, get the internships and jobs you want, or master your money and pay off your student debt. I'm helping you try to do all three of these things with this show, which in turn started out as my attempt to do those three things in my own life. So today, we've got a pretty cool episode, but I got a little bit of forward for you. Um, because you can probably tell it's another car episode and I'm actually driving up to a coffee shop to crank through my 130 email deep inbox. And, uh, the reason for that is the foundation of the story. So last Saturday, I believe it was, uh, I was sitting in my house with my friends. We we're playing some video games at like night and I get an email from my web host saying that my site is using too many resources and they're going to basically freeze it. And then they're going to check it later. And if it's still using too many, they're going to disable it. So I'm freaking out about this. And uh, the reason that it was happening was because essentially too many people were coming to the website. I know, good problem to have, right? But at the time, I was like, guys, no, stop. You're going to break my website. And uh, I woke up the next morning and indeed it was broken. So I had to spend all of Sunday and um, most of Monday getting a new web host, dealing with some database problems, basically going back to my web developer tech IT days and figuring out how to transfer everything to a better server. Um, And I was kind of scared because I realized that actually there were some inconsistencies in the database that were preventing it from being exported. And uh, I realized then that all the backups I've been making of the site could potentially have been incomplete. And basically I was the only actual real copy of the site was the one on the server for who knows how long. So that gave me a good scare because that's five years of work. Anyway, I ended up getting it fixed. Um, I did some very cautious tinkering with the database, copied the table to different places, made sure to make as many backups as I could, and then repaired it. And eventually, long story short, got it onto the new server. And if you've been to the website since last Monday, as I'm recording this, uh, you might have noticed that it's actually running a bit faster than it used to. I did all I could to make it as fast as possible on the old host, but since it's a website that gets a lot of traffic and has a lot of images on it, you know, there's only so much you can do on a cheaper host. So the host I'm on now, it costs a lot more than what I was paying in the past, but it can handle a lot more traffic. It's really fast and they basically take care of everything for me. So I'm pretty happy with it. And, um, that's done. But as a result, since Monday and all of Sunday were taken up with server stuff and then the rest of the week was taken up with video stuff and uh, other things, my email inbox exploded. I was actually really proud of myself. The week before, I had gotten down to zero, which I have not been to in a long time. And then just like that, boom, one server crash and 130 emails pile in and they're not answered. 
So I'm headed up to Ames, where I actually went to college. Uh, one of my favorite coffee shops is there, and I'm going to plant my butt in a chair until the inbox is done. So if you're waiting for an email from me, by the time this podcast goes out, it should be to you, actually. Um, so that's what I'm doing. That's why we're doing another car episode. And in this episode, I wanted to go over eight of the things that I regret not doing as a college student. Now, if you've seen the butterfly effect, you kind of know this concept of like one little tiny event in the past or to change could change the entire course of your life. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I'm dissatisfied with my life and I wish that I had done one thing differently so everything could turn out you know, different. I'm pretty satisfied with how everything turned out. You know, I think I had a great college experience and in terms of regrets, I have nothing too intense, nothing that I really think could have changed the outcome in a better way. But when I look back at individual instances or just general practices that could have done better, there are some things that uh, I look back and say, yeah, I kind of wish I would have done that differently. And I figured maybe, you know, looking back at those things with a critical eye could prove useful to somebody who might still be in college and, uh, you know, be wrestling with the same decisions that I wrestled with. So that's what we're going to go into in this episode. Show notes, as always, CIGpodcast.com. This is episode 73. You can find that link on that page where you'll find uh, whatever summary and links that we have for this episode. I'm not sure how many there will be. This is kind of a nostalgic episode. Uh, but whatever I do mention will be there. And there's also instructions on how to rate and review the podcast. We are getting so close to 50 reviews on iTunes. That has been on my impossible list for uh, probably a year and a half to two years now. Uh, very shortly after I started the podcast, I made a goal to get 50 reviews on iTunes. There's there's 70 ratings, but only 48 reviews as I record this, like written ones. So I don't really hold out much hope of catching up with Listen with, uh, Money Matters, the other podcasts I do, because they've got like, I think we have 500 and some reviews on that one. Um, but I want to cross 50 eventually. That's been a goal of mine, so hopefully we can get there pretty soon. Uh, but don't feel obligated, you know? If you want to support the show, you can do a review, and uh, otherwise you can just listen. So let's dive right in. And the first regret that I have, you know, thing that I didn't do in college was sticking with the clubs that I joined, specifically the fun clubs. So when I was a freshman and to a little bit lesser of an extent, a sophomore, I kind of had this idea in my head that I needed to join a ton of clubs and a lot of them had to be professional so I could kind of pad my resume out. And one of the clubs I joined was business council. Um, I was able to get a spot on the council pretty early on as a student. Um, Usually most students don't get onto it until their sophomore year or afterwards, but I ended up getting a position during my freshman year because I convinced them that I could fill a role as a web developer which they didn't have. And I think it did a pretty good job in that role. And that was a club that I stuck with for a long time. But by comparison, another club that I joined pretty early on during my freshman year was the guitar club. And uh, you might not know this about me, but I do like playing guitar. I can't read music. I know almost nothing about music theory. If you tell me to play something in the key of G, I'll be, I'll give you just a confused look. Um, but I love just like noodling around in the neck. I've kind of figured out a lot of scales on my own over the years uh, I took I took lessons very briefly as a kid, but most of what I've done has just been making up my own songs, playing by ear, and occasionally trying to learn a different song by ear. Like I, I can play some of uh, "Welcome Home" by Coheed and Cambria, and I can play. Uh, I think I learned like the Mega Man theme song, the Final Fantasy VII theme song, or something at one point. Um, so just you know, just having fun. 
and I joined guitar club, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. Anybody would show up every week and in this classroom, and they'd do a lesson, or they'd try to teach parts of a song, and they would always have these open mic nights, you know, I think once every other month. That would happen at the one of the venues on campus. So I joined that, and looking back, you know, I think if I would have stuck with that club for the you know majority of college, I would be a really good guitar player at this point. But unfortunately... I only stuck around for about a semester. I mean, looking back through my Facebook photos, I can see there's pictures of me playing one of the open mic nights, which was fun, but then I kind of stopped. And I don't think I really replaced it with another fun club. Uh, I just kind of hung out and did things. And, you know, I think if I would have stuck that out, it would have been really fulfilling to see my progression in one particular hobby over four years. Because when I think about it, a lot of the skills that I have and the things that I'm good at relate to my work. Uh, I'm very good at making videos at this point. You know, podcasts are pretty easy to do. I can write well, but it all goes back into my job. And I sometimes wish that I just, you know, had a little bit of artistic expression where I was really competent outside of my work. And if I would have stuck with that club or, you know, some other club, then that would have happened. Now, this is not to say that I didn't stick with any hobbies. Like I've been playing DDR since I was 12 and I still do that occasionally. Um, I've just recently gotten back into skateboarding and I'm having fun with it. But you know, daily or at least weekly practice in a hobby over a long period of years, that could have brought some pretty cool skills. So that's regret number one, not sticking with my hobby-based clubs long enough to really make them worthwhile. And I think I could have also made some really good friends that shared, you know, a creative hobby with me. It's one thing that I think about, you know, a lot of my friends don't really share the same hobbies that I have. We're very good friends, mainly because of proximity and we had similar interests and we love the same like media and video games and movies and things like that. But my close friends don't skateboard. They don't play guitar. I guess Martin plays guitar a little bit. Um, but a lot of times like the, the, the strong interests that I have don't match up to the interests that my friends have. And it would be cool to kind of like have at least some people in my local area that I met up with to do something like that. So that's that one. Uh, the second regret is I didn't go study abroad as a student. And uh, this is only a partial regret because I did go to Japan with a couple of friends right after my junior year ended. We kicked off the summer with a trip to Japan. I had absolutely no plans for that. It was very spontaneous. Like we kind of, we looked up a few places we might wanted to visit, but we didn't know where to stay. We didn't really know, you know, much about the country or the transportation system and certainly didn't know the language. And it was just an amazing experience. It really changed my perspective getting out of my home country and just getting to see the world. That being said, when I went to Japan, I couldn't speak Japanese. Um, I had never studied language and I was just with two friends. So while I had this amazing experience getting to see another country and getting all those experiences you know, that come with that, I didn't get the experience of having to interact with people in another country more often um, or kind of like building a daily life in that. And I think it would have been really enriching to you know, do a study abroad experience where I actually went to another country and rather than being in like visiting mode, I was kind of in like living there mode. You know, the, the idea of being a local and uh, having to kind of force myself to learn the language enough to interact with people, that would have been a great experience. And I hope to sort of emulate what that could have been like in the future just by going to another country and maybe renting an apartment for a month and acting like I live there. 
you know, but that opportunity was present to me in school and I definitely could have done it. I just, I guess my, my fear was that I was going to take on more student debt and, um, and I also just didn't want to be away from my friends, but you know, looking back, I could have been more adventurous, given up a little bit of time with friends doing honestly very normal everyday things. And I could have also looked into study abroad scholarships, which do exist. I didn't do that. I just kind of let it slip. So I think I would have done that. And if you're interested in doing it, um, my friend Travis has an awesome episode of his podcast. It's called the Extra uh, Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast, where he talked to a guy who is the, I think, study abroad coordinator for his university. I forget the guy's name, um, but this is one of those things I can actually link to in the show notes. I would love to have him or somebody else who, you know, is very experienced in study abroad to come on the show and really kind of describe the experience because I never got it and I kind of wish I did. All right, going on to number three, uh, going to office hours more is something that I regret not doing. And I have a specific instance that I want to recall here. So my first semester of college, there was a class, I think it was called CompSci 207. It was basically Java programming. It was, oh, you know what? Actually, I just realized, no, what happened was I took CompSci 227, which was the Java programming class for computer science majors. Whereas, you know, my major, I was a business major, uh, MIS, Management Information Systems, is technically in the College of Business, which means that as a business major, I was only required to take the 207 level class. It was still Java programming, but it was easier. However, it had a prerequisite that I had not yet taken. I think I was taking it at the same semester, and with my college, you can't do concurrent uh, prereq and the postrec, I guess call it. You can't do those concurrently unless you get special permission. Um, but oddly enough, to 227, the computer science Java class would cover the requirement and didn't have a prerequisite. So I said, I'm going to take that now so I can get it out of the way. So here I am taking this computer science level Java class with a lot of other freshmen. And it was really difficult, actually. Um, I just couldn't wrap my head around the programming concepts. And it was it was difficult for me to kind of accept that because I had been doing HTML programming and CSS. I guess you can't really call HTML programming. I had been coding HTML and coding CSS and to some extent programming in JavaScript, which is, it's got similar syntax uh, all throughout high school. So I got to this class and then I realized that programming, where you actually have to compile your programs that you write and uh, you actually need to learn like the logic and the syntax and it's not just structural coding like HTML is, that was difficult. And getting my head around concepts like recursion and object-oriented programming and, uh, you know, putting things in classes and methods, it was really tough. And, I mean, if, you're, if your head is spinning right now with me, like, saying these words, that was the feeling that I got during that freshman year. Like, they were saying all these words and terms and throwing them around in class, and I was like, what the heck are you guys talking about? I can't do this. And I, I did go to office hours once to try to get some help. Um, but then I stopped, you know, I just kind of let it be difficult to the point where I eventually dropped the class. And the next semester I picked up the easier version of Java programming for business students. I was able to pass that one uh, a lot easier, but I, you know, I kind of regret just not utilizing the resources that were available to me to the full extent that I could have. And I think if I had done that, I probably would have been able to wrap my brain around these programming concepts and eventually pass that class. So I, I wasted a lot of time during that first semester just kind of 
floundering around in that class and not really giving it the full effort that it deserved. And I probably could have freed up a slot for a really cool elective during that second semester had I passed the initial Java class. So that's a regret. And I think that, you know, if you're having a lot of difficulties in a class, you do need to ask yourself, am I really using all the resources and all the most efficient study techniques that I can to pass this class? Is it truly difficult or am I just not giving it the attention and serious, you know, application that it deserves? Uh, so that, yeah, it's a regret, you know? And I guess this serves to highlight a point that I was not a perfect student. You know, I, I, I think it did well. And I found, you know, areas and opportunities that I was good at or could build skill in, but I was certainly not a perfect student and I made mistakes. And uh, some of these I regret. So yeah, office hours is a big one. So number four, uh, this goes back to the summer after my sophomore year. And the regret is I regret not hanging out with people at my internship. So the story behind this is I got an internship at a big financial company called Principal Financial. They have a big presence in Des Moines, which is really close to where I live. Uh, Iowa State Ames is about half an hour away from Des Moines. So all the way through my sophomore year, I was looking for internships. And um, if you're on the email list, you probably got an email. Uh, I think it comes like maybe four or five weeks after you sign up that tells the story of how I got an internship at this company without even being interviewed. Because I had gone to a freshman leadership summit and I had met a lot of the people at the company, basically made a good impression before even talking about internship opportunities. So they knew me and they decided to hire me. And then I, you know, I went to intern there during the summer. Now, I didn't really like the job. It wasn't what I was expecting, but I think it was a good experience to actually, you know, get my hands dirty and actually figure out what the job was. And uh, I don't regret doing the internship, but one thing that I did do on pretty much a daily basis is I would go to work. And then, uh, you know, I'd kind of end my day. I would wait as long as I could take my lunch break. And then I'd hit the, the company gym. And then I'd go home, you know. And sometimes I went home to work on College of Geek stuff, which was obviously very helpful, building the foundation of what I do today. Sometimes I would go over to my girlfriend's house because she lived in the same city, a uh, previous girlfriend. But other nights I would just go home and play video games, just kind of, you know, screw around. And there were multiple opportunities where the company had set up events for the interns to go to. Like there was a baseball game that I think they would have paid for that I could have gone to. Uh, the interns themselves would go out and, you know, hang out. Sometimes they would go to bars and I was too young for that at the time, but sometimes they would just say, Hey, we're going to go hang out at this person's apartment. or We're going to go to a restaurant. And, uh, I guess I was just like, so caught up in not really liking the job and being so, enamored with building my website that I didn't take the opportunities to go hang out with those people. And I think this is a common thread, you know, as somebody who's kind of a nerd, I like, I'm kind of an introvert. I like to play video games and I like to work on my own things a lot. It's sometimes difficult for me to realize that going out and hanging out with people who are not my core friend group is a good experience. And, you know, I kind of wish I would have done that. It doesn't guarantee that I would be really good friends with any of them today. But those are experiences that I probably should have gone out and had. So, yeah, I guess if you have an internship or, you know, some sort of program where there's opportunity to go socialize with those people that you might not know very well, you know, don't. I guess I would caution against, you know, throwing away those opportunities in favor of just going home and relaxing. And there's another regret on this list that really ties into this. So I'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to that one. So number five, 
uh, was I regret not saving more money. And this actually goes all the way back to high school, to be honest. Uh, during high school, I worked a lot. I started working when I was 14. I got a job in the cornfields, which I'm actually driving by some of the cornfields right now that I used to work in. Uh, essentially, if you're not familiar with corn, there is a job called tasseling where you have to go through the fields and basically pull the tops off the corn. Um, and you can Wikipedia if you want to know why that needs to happen. It's not really relevant, but I, I started working then. And uh, one of my biggest regrets then was, you know, I, I got the job because I wanted to buy this really cool Dance Dance Revolution metal pad. Uh, it was like super awesomely built, really durable. They had videos of them like running trucks over it and it wouldn't be destroyed or anything. I wanted it so bad because I had like these stupid foam pads I would slide all over the floor and I I would watch these videos, these like pro guys who had this pad who just play all the craziest songs and I wanted to get better and I knew that you know I was limiting myself with these cheap pads. So I knew I needed to get a job to buy this $350 pad, which was like all the money in the world to me at the time, and I got the detasseling job. And uh, when I got, you know, my paychecks, I think I ended up making about $700 for the season. And it's only about a two or three week season. So it's pretty good money for a 14 year old. I got the money. And once it was in my hands, you know, something changed. And I said, oh, I'm going to let myself buy school clothes, like, like better quality school clothes with this. And I'm going to let myself eat out with friends and, you know, just hang out. And before I knew it, that money was gone. And I never bought the pad. I never got the thing that... You know, I had initially set out to get, and this happened, you know, this, this pad repeated itself during high school. I worked so much. I worked at the grocery store. I did more detasseling. I worked at target. I was a tutor for the local community college. I worked at an accounting office. I had a lot of jobs, uh, sometimes two at once. And I didn't save the money. Well, you know, I didn't set up hard rules for the money for like, I, I was going to save a percentage every month. I didn't do it. So it, as a consequence, I basically would take the money that I got and I would eat out far too much, um, which was unhealthy, but also just a horrible waste of money. I would just buy random crap and I don't even remember where a lot of that money went, you know? And a lot of a lot of adults will say the same thing. Had I actually saved that money and had I continued a pattern of saving money when I got to college, because I kept working in college a lot. I probably could have opted to pay for my dorm on a monthly installment basis, which is an option, at least for my school. Instead, I took student loans and I paid for my dorm and meal plan with the loans, sight unseen, didn't really think about it. And that's why I ended up with $14,000 in student debt. You know, halfway through college, I ended up finding more scholarships and I got a job as an RA and eventually moved off campus where I could pay for my apartment on a monthly basis. But for those two years, I just said, let the debt take care of it. We'll worry about it later, you know? And I ended up being able to pay off the debt before I graduated, which is amazing. And I'm very thankful that, you know, everything fell into place for me to be able to do that. But the fact remains that I could have not taken on so much debt, you know? I could have had far, far less debt, if any at all, had I saved that money in high school. So if you're listening to this, you know, if you have a part-time job or something, and you don't have a savings plan set up, you know, you don't, you don't have a plan for budgeting and saving a percentage every month, start making one. Uh, I have a post called the ultimate guide to budgeting for students where I talk about kind of like having an automated system for managing your money when it kind of flows in every month. And if you set this up and you take as much choice away from your current 
you know, impulsive self as you can, then as the years go by, you're going to end up with a lot of money. You know, short-term basis, you might be able to take on less debt for college. Long-term basis, you're going to start building retirement savings. And this is something I've learned and have implemented now where every month, regardless of what I want to do in the current month, you know, regardless of how much I try to convince myself, I set aside a certain portion that goes to investments and savings every single month. And recently, I've also been setting aside about half of everything I make into a tax account just so I know I have enough to pay taxes every three months because I have to pay quarterly. And that's definitely helped my peace of mind <laughs> quite a lot. Um, I remember my my first real year in business, I had a bit of a scare when I realized I wasn't saving for taxes correctly. So save money, yes. Uh, we're gonna, So we're going to go through these a bit quicker. I am now at the coffee shop and I need to get in there pretty quickly. Uh, but number six was journaling. So I had about a week-long stint during my sophomore year where I journal every night. And I can go back to those. And uh, just, I was very raw and, you know, just open with my thoughts because I knew no one was going to listen. It's actually really kind of cool that I blogged all throughout most of college. I didn't blog during my freshman year. Um, actually, you know, I take that back. I did blog a little bit during my freshman year. I had this personal blog. I think it was like thomasfrank09.info, but don't go to it because it doesn't exist anymore. Um, I deleted it. And I, all that stuff got deleted with it. I didn't keep it. And uh, I'm kind of sad about that. But it was cool that I blogged throughout the last three years of college and have been doing that ever since. Because even though I was blogging topically, I, I still have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, my own experiences put into that content. However, with journaling, you know, when I did it very rarely, it was much more open because it was honest and very personal and private. And uh, looking back at those thoughts, and it's just really fascinating to see what I was thinking at the time. And I'm very glad that I did decide to journal when I was doing my internship. Um, I journaled for quite a bit of it, actually. And not only did I journal, I, I made a series on the blog called uh, The Internship Experience, where I wrote about my experiences every week during the internship. I actually ended up bringing on a couple of my fellow interns, and they helped uh, they basically gave their own perspective and added some value to the series, but I also journaled. And I'm really, really glad I did that because sometimes when running college and bogey gets tough, uh, you know, the pressures of running my own business kind of build up. I can get this feeling that maybe it would be better off to go get a regular job. You know, maybe I would be happier if I went and got a stable job where I could come home at night and not think about work and just kind of have a uh, set schedule, you know, and there's, it's a funny thing with the human brain. We tend to remember like snippets and highlights of our past. And when I think back, you know, I, I think about the snippets and highlights of working at that company, doing the internship and, you know, the, the inevitable conclusion I usually come to is, Hey, that wasn't too bad. You know, it was actually kind of fun. And then I go read the journal entries and day after day I can read that this isn't for me. You know, I feel like my potential is not being utilized here. This is not the kind of work I want to do. And looking back, like those are the thoughts that were in my head at the time. My brain hasn't cataloged all those thoughts. You know, it's deleted a lot of them. It's condensed them, but the journal doesn't lie. I can go back and see exactly what I was thinking at the time. Now, regrettably, I didn't journal for most of college. I've never been very good at keeping in the habit of doing it. And uh, one of my friends, Satchel, who was, I can't remember which episode he was on. It's in the, it's in the 50s. Um, he's on the podcast and he, he tells me that he 
journals quite a lot, you know, and he loves the fact that he can go back and see what he was thinking at certain times and see his progression through life. And I wish I had done that, you know, and, uh, last year during 2014, when I got really serious about habit building, I built that into my schedule and I actually journaled for a good few months. Um, and I've since kind of fallen out of it again. So I guess that's another grit and I should probably get back on it. But I, I do wish that I could go back and see what I was thinking during those college years, because I don't know, I think it's valuable to see where you've come from, where your headspace was at at a certain point in your life and where you're at now kind of compare it. Um, I remember like some of those journal entries, I would predict what I would think, like what my future self would think while looking back at this. And I want to go back now and, and see if it actually matches up or not. So yeah, I think I'll, I'll start journaling more and hopefully erase that regret, or at least keep it from getting bigger. So number seven is a very specific instance. Um, when I was a cyclone aide, which is essentially Iowa State's term for the student workers who help bring new freshmen in and give uh, campus tours and help them sign up for classes, uh, I, I got a couple of my friends who worked with me. And during our free time, I came up with the idea to get a picture of one of us, at least, inside of every building on campus. So I pulled up the, uh, the map of campus and uh, figured out that there are actually 170 odd buildings on Iowa State's campus. And, and it's kind of it's kind of a weird campus because there's the core area, but then there's like these little offshoots at like the edges of town where there's like the agricultural, you know, corn research facility or the basketball training facility or like the weird ticket kiosk that's just like a tiny little booth on the side of the road nobody knows exists except for the lady who works there. And it was a really cool challenge because some of the places are really tough to get into. Like the, the president of the university's house to get into there, you basically need an invite to go to an event. And I was kicking myself because we had actually been to dinner in that house as part of the cyclone aid training, but um, I didn't take a picture there. So I was like, I got to go back somehow. And then there's this big tower on campus, like a bell tower. And uh, you can get up there, but you have to go on a tour with the, uh, the Carolyn or the person who plays the bells. And you have to set that up. So it was like this big challenge. I had to go around campus, like networking with people, like negotiating things. And over the summer, we got pictures in 70 of the buildings. And it was such a fun experience. All the pictures are on Facebook. I have like three different albums of them and I can, I can link to them. I'm okay with sharing that if you want to see them, but I never went back and finished that project. And I really wish that I did. Like there would have been a really cool sense of accomplishment actually completing that. And there was a lot of the buildings that we didn't get. Like a lot of them were the harder ones, the ones that would have been like real stories to tell if we would have been able to accomplish them. Um, we didn't do it, you know, and some of the buildings we did get have some cool stories behind them. We had to either sneak in or, or talk to people and kind of negotiate and convince them that they should let us in for a little while. And it would, it would just have been exponentially cooler to actually complete the project. I had a map that I was like crossing out every building when we would get to it. Uh, I, I probably still have it somewhere in my paper uh, folder thing and it's not done, you know, and I don't know if it'll ever be done because I don't go to school there anymore. So I guess I would have to go like enroll again or just be really creepy and like be sneaking into buildings as a non-student. I don't think I'm going to do that. So I guess that'll just exist in my head as an incomplete project. So yeah, complete your projects. And the last one, this is a very general regret, uh, in, in, uh, opposition to the last one. And it's just that there's stuff I skipped because I didn't feel like going. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to bring up any specific instances right now 
Um, there's nothing like burning that comes to mind that I skipped and just really wish I hadn't. But there were events all throughout college, things on campus, you know, going to see comedians. Actually, one like uh, one of the guys from the Mythbusters was on campus speaking and I didn't go because uh, I just didn't feel like it. Right. I, I was like, I don't want to go wait in line and I don't want to walk like, oh, a mile ooh, across campus. And what did I do? I probably just sat in my dorm and like browsed Reddit or played video games or something dumb. And, you know, there's so many events that would have been super cool to go to. And what I found is when you when you expose yourself to new ideas and you get out to events, you meet new people and those can be the turning points in your life. Those can be the points at which you, you know, you get inspired to do something new or you meet somebody who ends up being really important in your life. And, uh, you know, the moments where you where you sit in your dorm room and you watch Netflix because you were too tired or didn't feel like going to those events, you know, those are not the turning points in your life. Those are the the nights that your brain, you know, just sweeps out a memory and you never remember again because they're not important, you know, and I'm not saying you should never have those nights. Those are important nights to have. Relaxation is important, but college is a time to get out and have new experiences and, uh, to like forego those experiences because you're just lazy. You know, that's, something you're going to regret. It's something I regret. I wish I would have gone to a lot more of those events because I found that when I forced myself to get out into the world and when I forced myself to get into an event, there is some anxiety and there is some like, uh, I guess like a pain response, almost like a procrastination pain response that you get when you want, when you don't want to work on a homework assignment and that's there when you don't want to go out into an event. But once you get into it and you start talking to somebody, you at least, you know, let yourself like, immerse yourself in the event, it becomes more fun and you become okay with it. And I know this time and time again, when I go to, and I actually go to things, I usually don't regret it, but I do regret not going to those things. So yeah, that's the last lesson from, from my personal regrets. Go to the things that you don't feel like going to, you know, take your breaks. Yes, but go to the things. And I don't want to make it seem like college is your only opportunity to do this. If you're listening to this and you're almost done with college, you know, I occasionally get emails from people who say, I'm a senior and I didn't go to clubs throughout college. Like, is it too late for me? Did I screw it up? No, you didn't. You know, college is a very concentrated bundle of opportunities, but life is also a bundle of opportunities. And I have opportunities to go to plenty of things. You know, there's a there's a weekly entrepreneurs meeting in Des Moines that I go to as often as I can. And there's lots of other events that I've been going to. I've been trying to get myself out of my comfort zone as somebody who works from home, you know, I need to. So yeah, I guess, so that's, that's my list of regrets. Uh, hopefully you guys get something out of this. I'll switch away from my little list here, Ben. And that's all I got. So once again, the episode 73 show notes for this episode, I did actually mention things. Um, they are at cigpodcast.com and you can find the episode 73 link there to click on any of the uh, articles I mentioned or extra resources, uh, or look at those pictures of my little take a picture in every building challenge. And, uh, you can also review the show. Like I said, we're close to 50 reviews. If you can be the person who helps us get there, you'll have my eternal gratitude. So actually, uh, my friend Caleb, who runs a podcast called the DIY video guy podcast. I love it because I'm a video nerd. He says he always wants people to recap what they learned at the end of podcasts. So I'm going to take this opportunity to do that real quick because I have a list don't know if I'll ever, or I'll always do it, but, uh, I'm going to do it now that I'm remembering. So number one, sticking with clubs. Uh, I wish I would have done that. Number two, studying abroad. 
Number three, going to office hours more and utilizing all the resources available to me when I was having trouble in a class. Uh, number four, hanging out with internship friends and getting involved with those experiences. Number five is just saving more money and having a system for saving money so I could avoid debt. Number six is journaling. Uh, seven is finishing my little picture mission on campus and just like finishing a big project. And then number eight, uh, generally just skipping stuff because I didn't feel like going out that night. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's a recap. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, I, oh, to give you an update, um, the interview with Secretary Duncan, Arnie Duncan, the Secretary of Education, got pushed back to September 1st. So I will be interviewing him in about a week and a half to two weeks. Actually, about a week from now, actually. And uh, I have a ton of questions from you guys. But if you have more questions, you can always email them to me, thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. Hopefully we can make that an amazing interview and have that out within the next couple of weeks. Fingers crossed, if all the scheduling doesn't conflict, we'll have that out. And I'm super stoked to get it out. So yeah, that's all I got to say. I'm going to stop blathering on. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week. Stay cute. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.